Greetings, peasants. I mean, hello, brave adventurers, noble warriors, and devious dungeon masters. This is Tim. Welcome back to the Knights and Nerds podcast. I want to say thank you very much for listening to this. Few quick things to mention for this episode. First, starting in April, we are going to be running a giveaway for a copy of Ghosts of Saltmarsh, the new adventure from Wizards of the Coast, which I'm very excited about. I went and I reserved a copy from my local game store, and we were able to get a copy of with the alternate cover on it, which is pretty cool. So if you're not following us on like Twitter or Facebook or Instagram, and you want to be included or you want a chance to win a copy of the Ghosts of Saltmarsh adventure, then follow us on Facebook, we're Knights and Nerds Podcast, and on Twitter and Instagram, we are at Knights and Nerds. There's a few more reviews on iTunes that I only recently noticed. One from an individual named Jake Hades and another with a username that I don't know how to pronounce. It looks like I am Irene or I'm Marine. I'm not I'm really not sure how to pronounce it, but both reviews are very kind, very generous, and, and I want to thank you both for supporting us in that way. It means a lot. We've had a few new people join the Dungeon Master group on Facebook. I want to say welcome. Not everybody comments on on all the posts, which is fine. I mean, if you're just there to sort of observe the conversation, totally cool. But I, I really do get excited when uh, there's there's a dialogue that gets started in that group. And I'm, I'm sure as the campaign progresses in the next few months, there's going to be more and more discussion to be had. So if you're not part of that group, but you want to be, head over to Facebook, check out our Facebook page, and then just go over to the groups section on the side of our Facebook page and request to join. That simple. Okay, and two things about this episode. One, I think we had a little bit of a hiccup with one microphone, so you may notice some some of the sound quality is sounding a bit different. I don't think it sounds bad at all. Maybe just not the way it normally does, so just a heads up. Hopefully it's not too distracting. Uh, I think I figured out what the problem was, but again, hopefully, hopefully it's not too distracting. And second, there's a bit of a an excerpt reading of a journal that was found at the end of last episode. If you're curious to know of everything that was written in that journal at the very end of this episode, after the outro music, I'll include a reading of that, and I'll also try to post the text of it on Instagram and Facebook. Okay, that's it for my announcements. Let's rejoin the heroes. Let's rejoin Candace, Katie, Matt, and Tom, otherwise known as Fiance, Vanna, Spruce Lee, and Gilladob Favelstavel. Oh, hang on. Sorry, false alarm. One more thing before we start. Since the campaign is now moving into a different environment, and there's a lot of additional detail that the characters know that I had to explain to the players, I gave them a bit of a handout, kind of saying, hey, this is what your characters know about the surrounding world and its history. This is what's common knowledge. So not all of that comes across in the gameplay, Not all of it comes across in our discussions, so I'm just going to do a quick reading here of what I gave to them. So bear with me for a minute or two, and then we'll get into it for real. Promise. Okay, it's common knowledge that dragon bones possess magical properties. Because of this, many of the grave sites where dragons perished during the war have been pilfered over the past 30 years. However, there are still a handful of sites where it may be possible to find more. 
There are a number of sites where it is more likely to find small fragments still of some value and fewer sites where it is thought that it may be possible to find entire skeletons as the dangerous environment surrounding these areas ward off many would-be explorers. Many foolhardy adventurers have recklessly gone into these harsh environments and never returned. Exploration is not the only option, however. Tribes of giants north of the Old Throne have acquired many dragon bones for themselves, using them as part of armor, weapons, and totems. Most of the northern giants are frost giants, dangerous, violent, and ill-tempered. If rumors are to be believed, some of the small towns north of Boldbrook may harbor individuals have acquired some notable amount of dragon bone, zealous cultists collecting bones of fallen chromatic dragons, renegade wizards practicing outside the confines of the Arcade Academy, or prudent adventurers who keep their spoils a secret so as not to become a target of the countless others who would rob and kill for those riches. In Boldbrook and elsewhere are small bands of adventurers, some brave, some foolish, who tirelessly try to find a way to navigate the dangerous new wildernesses created by what they call Dragonfall, while at the same time paying for information on anyone who might have already found bones elsewhere. Boldbrook has, at its center, the complete skeleton of an ancient gold dragon that fell during the war. Clerics and paladins turned the burial site into a shrine, and from a shrine it gradually became a small city unto itself, with hundreds of worshippers of Bahamut traveling to Boldbrook with offerings ranging from meager to extravagant. Boldbrook also has a thriving trade economy, and produces the most resilient timber in the realm, with the gold dragon's influence providing a boon to the local ecosystem. Craftsmen also use the timber for the manufacture of magically enhanced ammunition for bows and crossbows. The city is controlled by the same order of clerics and paladins who founded the shrine, and Boldbrook's peaceful streets belie the strictness of their control. They are fiercely loyal to Clara and to the strict observance of their sacred laws, one of which is maintaining the gravesites of fallen dragons and ensuring they are not disturbed. They do not view dragon bones as ingredients to be used. They instead seek to venerate the memory of the dragons that served Bahamut by giving their lives in defense of the realm. In the hills to the north of the city lives a stone giant, Garrix, who looks upon Boldbrook from a distance with a watchful eye, ready to come to its defense should any threats arise. Most stone giants fought against Agaran and Kezer in the war. Garrix is one of few that survived. The Old Throne is the former capital of the realm, what was previously called Urseria, where Manfred Bearheart and the Bearheart lineage ruled for generations. Despite the destruction, many small villages and towns have been re-established in the years following the end of the war. Most have chosen to remain in the south, known as the Lowland Refuge, which was spared most of the grievous destruction of the war. Thousands, however, still chose to return to the north, to their homelands, to salvage what they could of their former lives and start again. The northerners still consider themselves loyal to the Bearhearts, though only a small percentage of them view Clara with malice. Mostly, she is viewed as a hero but not a ruler, and many hope that the old throne will once again be the seat of power in the realm with a descendant of Manfred Bearheart on the throne. Boldbrook, being about halfway between the north and south, sees similar numbers of northerners and southerners visiting and living there. While there is some animosity between them, there is little violence thanks to the strict lawfulness of the Holy Order. Quick recap. The four of you, five of you, made it back into the city. Lilith departed from the group. Faye gave her some apology money, and Gilly helped her avoid detection from the Dragonborn. 
Elwyn hooked you up with some magic items and some magic tattoos so that you can communicate with the new alliance uh, comprised of yourselves, Martin, Elwyn, Nestor, the magic item slash fence, and Elisha from the Warriors Alliance. Elisha asked Spruce if he had noticed anything amiss about Shigar, but after some further communications, you could not determine that anything was amiss. While Faye contemplated her actions in the underground, Gilly, Vin, and Spruce went to visit Boren to get a satchel of... Sorry, to get a satchel that Warren bestowed upon Gilly for saving his life. Inside were five gems, checking yet another item off a list of required components, and leaving you with a surplus of one gem. Later, as the group was back at the hideout, figuring out your next move, a small journal and a black orb fell out of Warren's satchel. So, you are currently... Contemplating your next move. Where are you going to get these dragon bones? Who are you going to talk to? Where are you going to get them? Yeah, I want to check out that journal. You don't have to read the whole thing. I'll probably just post it online. Holy. Yeah, it's long. I mean... It's just a page from Tim's diary. <laughs> <laughs> you Cole's note it? It's War uh, Warren's journal while he and his brother were trying to find a way back to the Underdark seems like he wound up in the same spot as you. He found the Black Orb and quit because he was getting too weirded out. So he found it in that same, like, old city? With the weird architecture and the studying of the... Tables and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he... Experimenting to figure out what traces were good for something that we weren't sure what it was. Yeah. Is anyone going to roll on it? Yeah, I was just like all this thoughts in my head about looking at a dark, mysterious orb from where I had some madness briefly, taking a moment to be like, is this a good idea? But it's supposed to be a shiny black orb, like, Gilladob's way too curious. 13? I mean, it's shiny, but it's not, it's not a gem. In the, in the diary here, it says, so he found it like in that, that room that we kind of determined to be a a library of sorts. He found it in there, and it seems to act strangely. Um, heard voices, but then realized he was alone. Black Orb, he had put it in a pouch in his satchel. It says, the Black Orb has escaped from my pouch. Odd, I thought I had it cinched up nice and tight. I stowed it back into the hidden pocket in the pouch. I shouldn't have taken it. I can feel the dreadfulness of that place as if emitted from that orb. I almost hurled it back into the darkness, but I would be to blame if some other person came across this. I don't want anyone else to be subjected to this unfortunate feeling. So I'll keep it hidden out of sight so that it too, it will too in time be forgotten, much like whatever was here before us. Well, I want to show it to uh, Elwyn, see if he's seen anything like it before. He spent some time down there, obviously, so. So you're picking it up? Or are you just pointing at it? Because yeah, we like I guess, unfolded it and opened this up. I guess having just uh, having just read that, well, are you sure that not, neither of you would have touched yeah, it? Yeah, did you pick it up or did you just go look at well, it? Well, I just opened whatever it was in, which mm -hmm. I guess was wrapped up in a satchel. I think or it just fell out. I think it just fell out of the satchel, right? Yeah, that's what you said. Like onto the floor. Oh, yeah, I would have picked it up probably. Yeah. Okay. So. I probably didn't hear the full reading of the journal. No, you would have done it like as I'm. You're like finishing reading, reading and I'm holding it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Just drop it again. <laughs> you think that maybe like either Vanna or 
Elwyn are whispering behind you, but then you realize that nobody's whispering. But you think you heard whispering. We definitely, like, place it on a table or something. And say, I, it gives me that sense of the madness from before. It's very creepy. Do you have a sudden urge to eat things again? Just random stuff? <laughs> I don't quite know. Either way. Mm. I wouldn't advise touching it. It leaves a weird feeling. Alright, so now I'll ask Elwyn if he knows anything about it. He folds his hands behind his back, goes up to wherever you've set it, like whatever table that you've set it on, and he like bends over and he looks one eye at it, squarely. He says, it doesn't really look like much to me, but I don't think I've seen anything like it before. It should be taken to the, the academy and identified by a proper source. Some kind of historian or something. Well, someone with like an identify magic item <laughs> spell. Or, you know, they got the real deal over there, right? I do have detect magic. Ooh. Shall I detect? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay, so you you get like a an odd sensation from this. It does not give off like the same sort of magical aura that normal magic items do. It clearly is not just a glass orb. Like, it does something, but it does not give off any sort of... You've never seen, like, another object that has this sort of uh, profile. Do, like, a, a nature check or something just to kind of try and determine even the material it's made out of? I'm gonna say that, like, because Elwin's already said that it is nothing that he recognizes, and he's made a lot of magical things, and, like, so if you're looking at materials... And we know that it was found in a place that didn't seem worldly, like out if some, it seemed outerworldly to us, that probably the material of whatever it is is not something that we can necessarily recognize from a nature check. So I think uh, so we want to keep it, but I feel like we're not going to get any more from it unless it does something. Agreed. Um, yeah. I think we'd have to give it to like academy people to like, or or take it to someone like um, Lilith said she was going to see a wizard. Right? Maybe someone like that. Mm -hmm. Like, the whole point being that that wizard, she thought, might help find a way back to the Underdark. Maybe he knows some... He's an Underdark specialist. Yeah, some mm -hmm. kind of weird little secrets and stuff. Who knows? Yeah, that's like a book-learning kind of mm. solution for this one. Someone's got to read a book. Yeah. Right, <laughs> so hang on to it for now, throw it in the portable hole. Yeah, because it's creepy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wrap it up tight, though. You'll have to, because I don't think Faye's been listening this whole time. You have a lead container we can put in. <laughs> okay, so then the next question is, where do we go from here? I mean, when it comes down to it, our options really are to try and explore one of the unexplored regions where a dragon died, which is probably going to be really dangerous. And is mostly in the north. Mostly in the north, and not guaranteed to actually find anything anyway. Um, we could go way north to the Frost Giants, try and reason with them or steal from them <laughs> because they've taken a bunch of dragon bones. We could go to Boldbrook and uh, it's said that the, the kind of the clerics and, and people who started Boldbrook are fiercely loyal to Kalira, right? So I'm sure we would find some allies there who may be willing to... I'm sure they're not going to be willing to part with any of the bones in Boldbrook, but may have insight into 
where we might be able to get some. Mm-hmm. But they are very actively against the desecration of dragon remains. They are, but given the circumstances. Or we look for some of the other random zealots and whatnot who may potentially have found some on their own. and They could be in Boldbrook also. It seems to be one of the cities, the main cities that people could go to from north or south. So if anyone's actually pillaged, we could find sneaky people mm-hmm. in Boldbrook with that. As Gilladog, as much as you know, we're here to get this job done, uh, I haven't been out traveling in a while, mm-hmm. and I'd like to stop along the way at some places. So I think it would be good to at least, you know, head. If, you know, if our options are heading all the way up north towards the old throne, or you know, uh, Boldbrook isn't is kind of an on the way place, anyways. So we visit Boldbrook, see how things are. And, you know, I don't know how often we get updates about the situation. And then I think it would be nice if we maybe even, like, befriended some of these clerics and, and uh, like, hey, I hear you hate when people desecrate dragon corpses. Those ice giants are real jerks, right? <laughs> Why don't you help us? We'll go beat them up and bring back some bones or something. And you can let us maybe keep one for clear purposes because you guys like her. Another benefit to uh, Boldbrook, though, is on the way further is Tall Hill, where that wizard is. For the... Is that Tall Hill? Is that not right? Yeah, the one that Lilith was going to see, yeah. Yeah, the Underdark. Oh, oh over right. there. Okay. Which may be of special interest to Gilly anyway. And there are several, looks like they've been sort of looted, but it doesn't mean that that area doesn't have people who mm-hmm. have them possessed. At least there's a road. Like, traveling on roads is going to be a lot easier. Probably still, right? Most of them. Some might be damaged, but... Easier, but potentially more risky as well, if there's kind of a bounty on us. Yeah, what is the situation like once we leave Pharaoh's Point? I feel like you kind of talked about this last time, but... Agrand hasn't gone everywhere. He's only just taken over the main city, right? It's where he's focusing most of his attention, but a place like Resolute Keep is an actual fortification, so if you had, if you ask Alwyn about that he would tell you that yeah they they would probably pass resolute keep on their way to pharaoh's point bringing in more soldiers and supplies so they probably took that so the road north like once you once you sort of pass the like get out of the lowland uh, refuge it's safer but the road heading north would would be a bit dangerous for a lot of travelers i think if we get good provisions we could probably like ride to Boldbrook without needing to stop too much. Like avoiding Resolute Keep might be the safest bet. It's a ten day, ten day trip. I think with the right, we need a some cart. I think. And some Gilded disguises. Is strongly against traveling on foot. I am proficient in land vehicles. Not interested, and I'm not riding a horse or a donkey. I've heard the jokes before. <laughs> <laughs> I could carry you. Yeah. In the little baby Bjorn. <laughs> I would say avoiding the roads might actually, that like main area from where they'd be marching in soldiers might actually be our better bet. Like following it, but just slightly off and then also disguises. You can get a wagon for 35 gold pieces. That includes horses? No. 
What pulls the wagon? Me? No, we need we horses. Need horses. <laughs> so what? Why didn't they have a full <laughs> like wagon situation price? <laughs> the package. Like an all in? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you might already have horses. Yeah, horse, draft horse, riding horse, war horse. They're all different prices and they have different speeds. So how much you want to invest in a horse will determine how quickly you get there. Mm-hmm. And how much I can haggle. Um, What's the difference between the cheapest and then the next step up? Okay. <laughs> so a donkey or mule oh, God. Is, is eight gold pieces. Oh, wow. And its Let's carrying capacity is apparently 420 pounds. Because well, wow. they're strong. Yeah. And Jeez. a wagon's weight is 400 pounds. So you'd need two donkeys okay. to pull all of you. But its speed is 40 feet. So it's only marginally faster than you I'll guys. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. slower than Spruce. Next it's step. slower than me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Could go with Camel. Their speed, 50 feet. They're 50 gold pieces. <laughs> they can carry 480 pounds. I just don't think there's going to be Camel. Just what's there. the best? What's the best one? Oh, what's next? Horse? Well, there's. Draft horse, riding horse, mastiff. Well, draft might. Wait, hang on. Isn't a mastiff a dog? (laughs) (laughs) Pony or war horse, which is the best. What's the war horse? Speed 60 feet, carrying capacity 540 pounds, but it's 400 gold pieces for one. And we would need two. Yeah. That's all I have left. So we need 1,000 gold. We still need. Oh, yeah, because it only carries. Wait, did you say 500 gold? 400 apiece. So 800 gold. So two riding horses would probably be enough then, right? To carry us a wagon. and a wagon. That's a hell of a lot cheaper. Yeah. I guess a war horse probably like has its own stats and then can like actually fight. Oh, wait, hang on. A, I think a wagon is the wrong vehicle that I'm looking at. I think like a wagon is like just something that you throw your gear into and it and gets pulled. Probably want a, a carriage, which is 100. Oh, 600 pounds. Pretty sure every Western movie I've seen just has a covered wagon with one horse pulling it and a whole family living inside. <laughs> this isn't a movie, Candace. This is a game. <laughs> And three we take it seriously. <laughs> Honestly, it's not like we have to live the time that it takes to travel. Yeah, but we're just on the road longer, which is more potential for... We also don't want to have, you know, really so classy. And plus, how much money do we have? Do people have resources to spend on it? I have 325 well, you've got that. We got that extra stone. That's mm-hmm. worth a thousand. That's true. And Faye's got a whole bunch. So, like, what kind of time are we talking in general here? Like, how long is this going to take one way or the other, roughly? So, let's say if we use draft horses with a speed of 40. So, going at a normal pace, in a day you can cover 24 miles. So, going at a normal pace, that's at, th- if your base speed is 30, which Gilly's is not. But if your base speed is 30, over the course of a day, you could go 24 miles. Are you looking at the draft horse or the riding horse? Draft. I think draft horse. So then that would be 30 miles at its base speed of 40 feet. So that would be eight days instead of 10. Okay. Well, and they were pretty inexpensive. Yeah. So 250 and then the cart, it's like 200 gold. Yeah. Using yeah. our connections and charm, we might we'll be able to. What what's available. Yeah. So should we, should we call uh, Martin and Nestor and call that secret tattoo meeting with the two of them? I guess, do we use that for that? Sure. That's the whole point of them. Yeah, I guess. They're here to help us out. It's so impersonal. too impersonal for Gilly. Yeah, I'm like, oh, you know, it's it's a lot more polite to show up. And this is how you do trade. (laughs) But I'm 
guess we're tight for time, so. Whereas Bruce was, like, summoning, what's her name, like, all, like eight times the last campaign. Just, Wait, one more question. Yeah. <laughs> just like, damn it. Yeah, I guess guilty. I'd use it, but I'd use lots of polite, oh, yeah, sorry, very rude for the interruption. You know, it's, you know. Lots of bowing. Special, special <laughs> circumstances and, uh. So we'll ask, yeah, ask if they, um, or let them know what we need. Elwin asks if he can, he's like, do you mind if I sit in on this meeting? Of course, yeah. All right. Okay, so you, you enter the, I guess, illusory dream space for your, for your round table, for your yet-to-be-named alliance. So we're going to say that we need, we're planning on heading to Boldbrook. Um, so we need a carriage and at least two draft horses, ideally. Draft horses are better. Do they have any connections to be able to get that for us? Perhaps at a discounted rate? And without being noticed by the Dragonborn. Mm -hmm. Draft horse is easy enough to purchase in the city. That we'd be able to do it relatively under the radar. Yeah, I guess, like, in a way, it's like, I don't, we don't mind paying yeah, for them. But, like, if... Martin can send someone else. We don't want to be tied to it. I mean, we didn't ask to steal, just to acquire it for us. Mm -hmm. All right. Sure. <laughs> it's like you're no fun. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I'll just have my guys steal some horses for the hell of it, just to, just to keep their skills sharp. But, uh, yeah, so what are they? Were, were they 50 each or 75? 50 was the standard. They were 50, price. okay. Okay, so he can get you a pair of draft horses for 70 total. All right, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll take that. And then we have to discreetly buy a carriage. Two things I should point out during this meeting. Martin has some things to say. Martin says, well, Boldbrook, my agents overheard rumors that there's a group of treasure hunters purported to be in Boldbrook trying to get their hands on some dragon bone. Apparently, this group thinks that someone someone that they know can use the Dragonbone to develop a cure for new life. Everybody sort of at the table looks surprised, and Elwin says, well, you can hear all sorts of rumors for for all sorts of things, so don't, don't put too much faith in, in rumors. It could just be a dead end. And then Nestor says, well, I heard a rumor as well around some of, some of the patrons of my shop. Somebody said that they saw... The outline of a dragon over the city just last night, silhouetted in the moonlight, and then disappeared behind a cloud. Said it was gliding perfectly silently. But that's that's not possible. It was over the city of Boldbrook? No, over Pharaoh's Point. What? Yeah, that's what I said. <laughs> what? That can't be. And Martin also says, yes, uh, my agents have also advised me that Agarand has hired a group of assassins to go after uh, Elwyn and myself. He knows about my involvement with with you since he, I think, must have gotten to Owen. And also against the four of you. So keep your wits about you while you're on the road. It says, I think I can only spend maybe one more day at my current location before I'll have to move once again and who knows where i'll be after that and Gilladab, you recognize this as thieves can't for him saying that he wants to meet with you in person 
Um, I would re- respond maybe with a little, I turn my ring in a way that signifies approval. Would Nestor know the best place to get a carriage in town? Gildob will say that yeah. uh, he thinks he could buy one. He's going to check with, with Parvo before he leaves mm. to see if he might have an extra one. Usually he has a few laying around. So uh, Gilly will sneak off, keep a low profile, and visit him and get a cart on the way. Sounds good. But I'll actually go visit Martin. Is there any, like, like nobody seemed to bat an eye at this, at this rumor that somebody saw a dragon silhouette? I think we all glossed over and went, what? (laughs) (laughs) Just don't believe it. It's nonsense. Yeah, it seems... Maybe you saw an airship or something, but... They were trying to remove the the barrier, right? Mm -hmm. They could have been semi-successful and we're just seeing shadows from the other worlds. Did all the dragons die or they just got sealed away, right? I'm just trying to think if any of them could have been left over. We, he had said that they sealed, sealed them all away, good and bad, and that the good are probably all dead by now. Because mm-hmm. there wasn't enough and they were going to lose. What was Elwyn's response or reaction to that rumor? Disbelief. Much like with his cure for new life, he doesn't, like he said, he doesn't put too much stock into rumors. Well, the three of you can think on that while Giladob meets up with Martin at the predetermined location. Uh, he shakes your hand and he says, thank you very much for coming so quickly. Uh, I wanted to tell you this not in front of the others because I don't know how well it would go over with Elasha if it got back to her. The person that Agarand hired, his name is Wrath, and he's a dragonborn that was in the Warriors Alliance. Now, he was kicked out based on information that we had, and we were trying to get some money out of him. Hmm. Now, he was a particularly vicious fighter, but not well-liked on account of being a dragonborn. And we had information that he was planning to win a sparring match against Shigar in a manner most unfair. Hmm. And we had this information, we held it over his head for payment. And he refused. He's a very prideful individual. He refused to pay, and we let this information get to Shigar in a very roundabout way. And Shigar excommunicated him from the Alliance. And so he's become this vengeful creature. But I learned after the fact that the information we had was bad. And Wrath pleaded his case, but of course it fell on deaf ears with such hard feelings towards Dragonborn after the war anyways, nobody nobody would have believed him. And so now that he's learned about my involvement, if you come across any of his agents, I would like for you to do your utmost to see if you can persuade them to find out where he is. Because if I can then indirectly get maybe some of Alash's fighters to go after him, the threat to me can be alleviated. But I don't know how she would react if she knew that it was my meddling that had caused this particular situation. Yeah, if I, if I come along any opportunity, I will take it to protect your interests. And yeah, better not to uh, you know, so some 
other members are more sensitive to the ways things must be done. Cool. Uh, that's what he wanted to talk to you about. Is there, did you? Um, no, we still have communications. Um, there is active members in other areas, like to the north. There are fewer and more far between the further away from the city that you go, but... Unless he has anyone to that he would like for us to like meet, or if anyone out up north would need support for the guild, but unless there's any like guild-associated work. Uh, he says you still have the parchment on you, mm-hmm. on your person? Good. Uh, he says that he'll get you a name for his, I guess, contact in Boldbrook, and let you know about anything that he hears about the traveling, the path up there. Great. I could... Um, show him the remaining large gem that we have and ask about potential price or if there's any high demand for such an item. Because I figure high value items are probably harder to sell. It just popped into my head that it's like, yeah, how are we going to sell this like potentially thousand dollar gem? But yeah, I figure I might as well ask for, for conversion purposes on that one. He can give you an advance on it and then maybe the remainder once it sells and then Maybe less a small dividend to the guild. It's always a donation to further future trade. So 10% of the value, so that would be 100 to the guild. What? You can try to negotiate on that if you want. I suppose. Okay. All right, so he'll give you 500 up front, mm-hmm. and, then, and then the remainder once he's able to move it. I guess he'll throw on those horses for free then? You could take it off the cost of the 400 that you would pay me at the end. Okay, yeah. I'll give you 500 now and the horses, and then and then the remainder, mm-hmm. less the cost, once you're back in the city. Now I'll go buy a cart. Okay, so you got horses, a carriage. Anything else that you need to do before you saddle up? Maybe just also asking them to keep us... Um informed about any other strange sightings, whether it's dragons or any things super out of the ordinary when it comes to, like, new life and stuff like that. Okay. Well, Nestor says, you know, I don't know who all saw it, but it seemed like it was more than one person. Was the Rainier scroll... Do we have that communication from... Who was... Did we have the other side of it? Shigar. Shigar had the other one, I think. Yeah. I guess I could write a quick message to make sure everything's still fine where he is. No groups have gotten past them or anything, but... Or no dragons have come up. Uh, yeah, you, you scribble a message and you get one back like an hour or so later saying that all is well. He's not running out of any dragonborn to kill. I'm going to purchase a brown cloak to wear over my fine, loud clothing. Just for disguise purposes. I have a disguise kit, but I'm not sure if that entails like us all having disguises or if it's just all those glasses with the mustaches. Yeah, that'd be helpful. I'd like to probably be disguised, so... Okay, so a ratty cloak and some disguises. I reverse cool. my cloak to the other side. <laughs> Nobody can tell it's me. Yeah, I don't think there's anyone left to say goodbye to or to talk to before we leave. So you're resting and setting out Morning or night? When are you going to go? I guess, you know what? You made a good point, Tom, that we could just rest on the road. Like, why, if we leave at night. Well, right? yeah, we should pick a good time to leave. Which I'll, I'll drive the cart or the carriage Either at first. night, but there still might be, like, if the gates are closed at night and we have to go through, that might be more obvious. There uh, might be, like, an early morning 
uh, supply. You know, we won't use like the fancy gate. We'll mm-hmm. use like you know the the merchant's gate or something, <laughs> and you know, go out with the vendors and stuff. Yeah. The normal rabble and just stick to them. You know, hiding in a crowd. Okay, so the four of you have gotten what you need to get. You have stashed yourself into a carriage and are heading out, trying to be as inconspicuous as possible. Faye, please describe disguises. My disguise or everyone's disguises? <laughs> sure, everyone's. Are you disguising them? Well, I said I'd offer them disguises. Uh, Can I just jump in and say, just a reminder, our goal is to blend in. Yeah, face like, just like, sure. Okay, whatever. <laughs> Make me look boring. And I literally just put on my ratty robe and lay in the back of the wagon. I put on a fake beard and I'm like, I look totally different, right? <laughs> With your reverse cape and a beard? Totally. Who is this person? So my question is, before I pick a disguise, if we get stopped, what is our story? Because I want to dress appropriately, depending on what we're saying. Like, where are we going? What are we doing? You could essentially just be yourself. You were coming to pick up supplies and go back to your... Yeah. I just feel like they might have, like, descriptions of what we look like if they're trying to assassinate us. So I want to change something, I think. Yeah, I'm just saying, but someone like yourself. How are you today? Maybe I'll just, I'll just change my outfit. I don't know. Like, you know, something similar to what I would have worn, but change it up and maybe I'll I'll do the like movie thing and I'll like cut my hair off I don't know shave your head shave your head (laughs) not too much I don't want to stick out but you're who's driving is it Spruce Van is driving okay you okay all right yeah Yeah. sure uh you get to this like smaller gates that goes into and out of the city there's this sort of little queue of carriages and people to go out because there's like a essentially a security checkpoint on the way out. And you know that this is basically at all of the gates where the Dragonborn are kind of giving everyone a once-over before they leave. Seeing like, where, who are you? Where are you going? You know, they want to know. Um, so can, Katie, can you roll a perception check? Oh, God. Six. All right, never mind. <laughs> uh, I was just going to say that if she said that they were checking... I can turn myself with my cloak invisible and you guys can hide. And I'll just be like a sack of potatoes in the corner. Couldn't you just make it look like a, if we all sit together, because what, it's a five foot cube or something? Just make it yeah. look like an empty carriage where we're sitting. So yeah. if they open the back, it just looks empty. Yeah, you see a couple supplies on an empty corner. Yeah. So Gildob is, is hiding as a sack of potatoes. Yep. And then, sorry, what are the other two? What are the other two doing? No, they're both together. Because they're a five-foot cube together, and I'm invisible. Fake classic. Okay. Um, Vanna, your carriage gets to the front of the line, and you're stopped by five dragonborn soldiers. There's also an orc and a dwarf that has two hammers. And you recognize both of these as Cliff Muscles and Thorn Twin Hammer. Remember them? Yep. They're the ones who were... They kind of had that heist to knock over the one carriage. Um... Twin Hammer was partners with Martin the Cloak, and then Martin had us go. Right. Oh, excommunicate him. Right. You, you, well, that's what ended up happening. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a Dragonborn soldier comes up. One, one like grabs the, like the bridle of of one of these horses, and one comes up to talk to you, and he says he asks you who you are and where you're going. Heading back to the un un something wilderness. <laughs> <laughs> the unspoiled wild unspoiled wild uh, yes i'm going i'm going back home he kind of looks over your shoulder and he says 
It's a big carriage for a sack of potatoes and nothing else. <laughs> There's other stuff in there. All of our stuff. What do you need the carriage for if it's just you? Better to have lots of room. Just, you know, we'd need lots of supplies. No, but wait, we have other stuff in there. Did we not, like, say you had to pick up, we picked up food and stuff? For, yeah, like, I guess you'd have trip? provisions and stuff. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> okay, make a deception check, please. 16. Stop smirking. Don't have it. Trying to determine what I rolled based on what you can see on the side. Yeah. I'll tell you, as an 18. Oh, uh, I just figured out as you said it. <laughs> he kind of narrows his eyes and he says, maybe you should come down from there so we can have a chat. Oh, we can chat from here, sir. No, we can't. <laughs> Are any of my can I quickly access any of my weapons? No, that's a stupid idea. Um, okay, yeah, let's just I'll go along with this. Yeah, sure. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not talking like this to him though. To be clear. <laughs> all right. I'll, I'm just gonna be cooperative. Mm-hmm. The three of you are are all paying attention to this. I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody, roll an insight check. Eleven. 12. 14. 10. Gilly, you know, like, you know, like, without a doubt, this guy's not going along with the story. Does he seem like he's going to, like, he's made her as her, or that we feel like he's just not, he thinks that she's a liar? The 10 insight, you really don't know. But one other dragonborn is going to head around to the back and looks like he's going to hop on up. And can everybody, everybody make a hide check? Like a, I guess, a stealth check? To see if you're hidden. 21. 25. Ooh. 21. What's the rule to see through minor illusion? It's an intelligence check. Uses its action to examine the sound. Uh, oh, it's against your spell, spell save DC. DC. Yeah. What's your spell save DC? 13. Ooh. Gildav, you see the instant that this dragonborn sees through the illusion. Uh, I think everybody should roll initiative. Pretend you sleep. Pretend you sleep. I got a 12. 11. 20. 14. Okay. Vanna, you're up first. So what happened is you are face-to-face with a dragonborn. There's another one standing like on the other side holding one of the horses. So you're, you're like on the driver's side horse. This guy's right beside you. There's another one holding the passenger side horse by the bridle. I guess I'll go for the guy that's like directly in front of me. Okay. And I'll use my short sword. Oh, bloody. Okay, you have advantage on creatures who haven't acted in combat. Twelve. Twelve? What did you roll? A five, twice. Ooh. Yeah. Not much better. Uh, Thirteen. Uh, 13. Your blade just, like, nicks off of the armor. It doesn't do anything. Fay, and then Spruce. Sorry, I'm debating between mental magistry and suggestion. You know what? I'm going for suggestion. What are you going to suggest? And on whom? Okay. So who... They, one of them's already attacking, right? Nobody has attacked yet, okay. but they look like they want to. And does the dragonborn in the back seem like a leader? Mm, no. The one asking 
the one who is asking Vanna the questions. Seems like a leader. Okay, so I'm still invisible and no one's seen me. Correct. So I'm gonna, I think, yeah, I'm gonna do this. Okay, so I'm gonna get out of the wagon without them hearing me and come around the other side and sort of make myself appear like I've walked, just kind of walked out to meet this guy who's talking with this person, with her. And, uh... <laughs> this person? <laughs> this person, her, you. Her. Names. Damn it. Um, yes, and then I'm going to suggest that he let us through. These are not the droids you're looking for, this entire situation. <laughs> okay. So, even though everyone's ready to attack, I want to try and calm him down by being like, these, we aren't who you're looking for. She, we're just trying to go home. A wisdom saving throw? Yes. And what's your spell save, DC? 17. I rolled a 17. So, he does not... Is that really? <laughs> I'm rolling hot. It's a good try, guys. So now I'm out there. Spruce. Is the the dragonborn who came onto the carriage, or in the back, or whatever it was? Um, is he armored? Yeah, he's got like scale mail or something equivalent. Mm. Well, I'm just gonna pull out my glaive. Oh wait, no, I'm inside a carriage. I can't use like a spear him with it. Yeah. Reembiggin it Just into his face. <laughs> yeah, pretty much that's what I'm going to do, yeah. But would, now, would that be the same damage, though? Because this is, it's like a slashing weapon, right? Wouldn't this be more like a... Dude, you're you're a Kensei like fighter. A you're... Yeah, yeah, whatever. Make it work. I'm going to hit him with my glaive. Or I'm going to try. Uh, it's going to be 24. Oh, yeah. So, 13 damage. So then when I hit him with my glaive, I'm going to use Stunning Strike. He has to succeed on a con saving throw. Or he's stunned. I spend a key point to do it. It's against uh, key save DC of 14. I rolled a 2. Alright, so he's stunned. Yep. Okay, so now if I want to pull out my bow, shoot the guy holding the bridle of the horse. Um, yeah. 13 to hit. 13 just misses. Okay, so the stun guy in the back can't do anything. Guy up front with Ven is going to attack. Oh, jeez. He rolled a 2 and then a 1. So his, like, on one attack, like, you block his sword, it just goes flying out, out of his hands. Okay. And he doesn't have a weapon anymore. I like this. The one who's holding the reins to the horse is going to sort of, like, jump up and try to attack Spruce. And hits with one attack, and you dodge the other, so you're going to take five points of bludgeoning damage. One of the gates going to take out a, uh, like, a short bow. It's going to shoot at Vanna, but also misses. One of the other ones at the gate peels off to go get some reinforcements. Cliff Muscles definitely recognizes Faye's showmanship. So he's going to try to go up and attack you. Uh, what's your armor class? 13. Okay. So he hits with one attack. And you'll take 10 points as he bludgeons you with a club. And then Thorn Twin Hammer is going to throw one of his two hammers at... 1, 2, 3. At Faye. And crits. Oh, <laughs> no. 
Uh, and you're gonna take 18 points of bludgeoning damage. Damn, we're in a tight spot. A little bit. And now it is Giladab, and then we'll be back up to Vanna. So I'm going to uh, leap out the cart uh, and move towards the guard that was holding the bridle that's engaged with Spruce. So he's like sort of leapt up on top of it, like on where the like the driver would sit. So that's where they're both are right now. So you wouldn't yeah, actually so even. Just, I guess I'll come up the front of the cart. And I pull off my beard and my cloak reverses. <laughs> it's me! And then I stab him in the throat. Well, at least I tried to. All right. Um, Sneaky Zack. Yeah, and I'm going to use Booming Blade. 17 plus 8. Ooh, yeah. So it was 19 damage. How much? 19. That's a correction. 19. So you spring up, ha ha, and stab him in the throat. He falls over, totally dead. Okay, so we're back up to Vanna and then Faye. Okay, I'm definitely gonna go after No Sword. You can attack with advantage. He's got nothing to protect himself with. Okay, I'm going to use Rainier's Longsword. 13. What? I know. I know! <laughs> Nope. Sorry, you miss again. This is a real, like... The two of you. Between the two uh, of you guys. You're in, so you just attacked and you're engaged with, with the guy with no weapon? Correct. Okay. And we just killed the guy, or I just killed the guy we were engaged with? Yes. And you were attacked with... Someone threw a hammer at you, mm-hmm. but you're not engaged with anyone? Mm-hmm. So Gildob, seeing this little moment, would yell, like, get back on the cart. So if you have any movement... To, like hop back on the cart. We're still on the cart. Okay. I'm looking at you. Why was he get back on the cart? Are we just gonna book it? Book it. I think that sounds good. The thing is open. The guy who was holding our horses is dead. Mm-hmm. And the gate is open. You have one stunned dragonborn in the back. Yeah, we'll just toss <laughs> Keep him at the back once we get moving. I guess. I just yelled it during your turn so you could use your movement. So. Yeah. So you're going to hop back up? Yes. Okay. Dude's going to try to take an attack of opportunity, which is just basically punching you. And he succeeds. So you're going to take... Oh. oh, no. Three, five points of punching damage. Where does he punch me? Just, like, in the lower back. Oh, like a kidney shot? Yeah, right in the kidney. Yeah. Five, sorry? Yeah. Okay, I'm going to do Mental Majesty this time for sure. Because <laughs> it looks fun and I think I want to try it. Okay. So any creature charmed by me automatically fails in the saving throw against the against command as well. So I can cast command as a bonus action on each of my turns. And this lasts for a minute of my concentration time. Who are you going to cast command on? Well, sort of to the side is the one who just punched Van in the kidneys. And then in front you have one with a short bow. You have the dwarf, Thorn Twin Hammer, who just threw a hammer at Faye. And Faye also... And sorry, yeah, Cliff was also in, in combat with Faye. So who are you going to cast command on? So you actually have this orc in your face. Cliff Muscles. Because I just got hit in the head with a hammer and did some serious damage, I'm going to make my command on Warhammer and just tell him to drop, which is when he has to drop whatever he's holding. He has no Warhammers, right? He said... Well, he has one more in his, in yeah. his hand, yeah. Yeah, so I'm going to make him drop it. Okay. 
Mm. He only got an 11. So he was like winding up for another throw and just drops it, drops his hammer over his shoulder. And also during that, I've hopped onto the horse up front with, or not the horse, the front seat with okay. her. Cliff Muscle's going to take a swing at you. And he hits and does seven points of damage. Are you still up? Barely? They're getting worried. I have four hit points left. He says, come back here and fight! You all got us kicked out of the Thieves' Guild! I'm gonna see them dead. Who said that? Gildar <laughs> <laughs> probably would speak smack back. Thorn, Thorn looks confused because he just dropped his hammer, and then there's one other dragonborn with a short bow who's in the way. Shooting this stupid dragon face. Shooting this stupid dragon face, that's right. Oh, yeah. That's going to be a 25. Oof. Yeah. So nine. Nine piercing total. This guy who's stunned, where was he in the uh, initiative order? After Gilly? No, he'd be after you. I'm going to shoot that guy again. That's going to be 25 to hit again. 10 piercing damage. That kills him. Does this guy become unstunned? He does become unstunned. I talk smack at him. What do you say? How much smack like, do you talk? Your your mother was a lizard, <laughs> and your 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 dad was a newt. How dare you disrespect my proud dragonborn heritage? I'm pretty sure we're reptiles and not lizards. Well, now he's gonna attack you because you're smack talking him. He was he gonna attack Spruce. Uh, so you're gonna take ten points of bludgeoning damage. I half the damage because of uncanny dodge. The, the one who I think punched Vanna. He's just going to take out a throwing knife and throw it at somebody. At Vanna. Knife style. He rolls a one, so <laughs> he throws it into cliff muscles. <laughs> yes. He has got to be the worst. <laughs> like, yeah, that guard's going to get in some guard, serious yeah. trouble. It's like some Three Stooges level shit. Yeah, between you and him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that leaves Cliff, who's going to throw the knife back and then he's gonna like hop up on the side of this of your carriage here and that takes us to Gilladob. so you just got hit by this guy who's who you were smack talking let's say start going because there's yeah. no one in front of us now cliff's yeah. on the cart but Gilladob kind of turns his head back and he sees that things have cleared and i like my my hand with my mage hand that slaps the horse in the rear and tries to get them going so that was my bonus action for that. Okay. They they spur into action. Great. As they spur into action, so do I. <laughs> and I stab him with my stabby blade. <laughs> Wait, who do you stab? Uh, the guy that just tried to hit me with his mace. Yes. Roll the 19. Six damage base. 13 for the sneak attack. He's done. He's out of the fight. Brand new wagon, just covered in dragon blood. Takes us to Vanna, and then Faye. Vanna, you just saw Cliff Muscles hop up on the outside of your carriage as your carriage started to roll into action. Yeah, I was thinking about just trying to give him a good shove. Okay. I imagine this is like a covered carriage. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah, picturing so Old West. The only thing that's separating yeah. you is like small front opening, canvas, and yeah. Mm-hmm. Give him a shove. It's going to be an opposed athletics yeah. check. Uh, I have an inspiration left over. Can I give my inspiration to... Sure. There you go. Kick him right in his clan jewels! 16. 
Okay. So how do you, like, you just kind of see, like, this shadow of an orc on the side of your, like, through the cloth on the side of the carriage. So how do you, how do you approach this? Is it just, like, a shove or is it, like, a punch? Like, describe, describe what you're doing to try to get him shaken loose. Yeah, I think I'm just gonna go with, get as much momentum as I can and just shove him right in the, like, belly. You shove and you hear, oof! And you just see the shadow like drop, and then like the back wheel of the carriage goes, <laughs> <laughs> and you can see you can see him sort of lying prone, groaning, as your carriage speeds out of Pharaoh's Point and away from danger. Day one of the expedition. Boren thinks it is hopeless, but I finally talked him into coming with me. He enjoys the city much more than I. Truth be told, I do like parts of it very much. After everything, it is peaceful. But I long for the familiarity of home. It calls to me, and I feel like I have no choice but to answer, or at least try. We found the pathways underground by following a few hapless humans and a dwarf not realizing that they were being followed. They aren't as sneaky as they think. Born and I could teach them a thing or two about sneak. Day 4. It seems the humans and the others are intent on protecting these old underground tunnels. I can't see what danger there is. Lord Kalira says that there are ruins down deep, and that there are things there not to be meddled with. Though ruins are just inert stones my favorite kind, next to the shiny ones. There might be monsters too, I suppose, though what we might find down here pales in comparison to those damned dragons. Thank the gods they are gone. Even those that fought the evil ones did more than their share of harm. I wonder if the lands that have been destroyed will ever be recovered. I wonder, does anyone in the Underdark really understand what has transpired these past years? My guess is, unless they saw it themselves, they could not possibly comprehend. Everywhere in the city I see people trying to make a new home and forget about the old one. A noble endeavor, but methinks an impossible one. Day 6. Warriors everywhere. Traps everywhere. Brave faces in the dark. Hard and grim. I am moved by their dedication. Born and I slipped past them, though it took some time. Their traps are quite inventive. We took special care not to set off any of them. Wouldn't want their hard work to be wasted on the likes of us. Day 8. With every step we take, I feel a chill. There is something foul about these tunnels. Boren says he hears whispers. He's always been a bit jumpy, but never a liar. There are things moving in the dark, more than just the rats. 
Orin thinks we should turn back, and I'm ashamed to say that I did not immediately discourage his inclination to flee. Day 11. I've been on the surface for so long that the darkness is beginning to affect me. I think the darkness down here is different somehow, in a way that can't be named. I think it has been 11 days, but I'm not certain. I fear becoming lost. Day 12. Boren has left, returning to the comfort and safety of the city. Against my better judgment, I have decided to continue on. I feel close to something, but I wish I could escape the feeling that there is something hanging over me. A tunnel ready to close in, or a trap ready to be sprung. I miss the surface. I never thought I would miss the harsh glare of daylight from the warm bosom of the underground, but I do. Perhaps Kalira knows something she has not said aloud about what is down here. Day 17 I have reached what I can only guess are the ruins. But who or what built this place? I see spiders weaving webs that go nowhere. Sharp needles wielded by something malevolent prick at my mind, daring me to succumb to... Well, I dare not guess. I must be close to a crossing that will take me home, I tell myself. I walk into this maddening place. There is something stirring besides me. Rumbling in the distance. Footsteps of something. I find myself in the strangest place. Metal columns with barely perceptible indentations. What is this place? It is unlike anything I have ever seen, and I hope this is only a nightmare so that I can forget this in time. I found a black orb. Not a gem, to be sure, though I can't tell if it is valuable or not. It would be nice to come away with something for my troubles, for I am going no further. It pains me to admit that some places are best left unexplored. Perhaps there is another way to go home, and I don't know if I will ever find it. But I do know that I will never come back here. Unknown day. I shall soon reach the surface. I have traveled with all the haste I can muster as if being chased by a ravenous beast, or worse, a drow. I heard the voices while roasting a nice fat fire beetle for a hearty dinner. I nearly panicked before I realized I was still alone. The black orb had escaped from my pouch. Odd. I thought I had it cinched up nice and tight. I stowed it back into a hidden pocket in the pouch. I shouldn't have taken it. I can feel the dreadfulness of that place as if emitted from the orb. I almost hurled it back into the darkness, but I would be to blame if some other person came across this. I don't want anyone else to be subjected to this unfortunate feeling. So I'll just keep it hidden, out of sight, so that it will too, in time, be forgotten, much like whatever was here before us. <laughs>